W. Smith Show at 6. The pre-W. Smith Show now. 760 WJR. Here is Jeff Sloan. All right, welcome back. Now turning our attention to a tough story, but one that's important nonetheless. Of course, we're all concerned these days about our children's safety amidst all this ugly, ugly circumstance going on with gun violence these days. And while that threat is real and certainly concerning to parents of those kids, concerning to all of us, the reality is we've got a story that makes clear that kids are at greater risk of falling victim to gun violence in the home as opposed to outside the home. Jennifer Massey, a senior news writer at The Trace, bringing us the story. Jennifer, the home is supposed to be where you're safe. A home is a sanctuary, but kids are at more risk at home now. Tell us about what's going on here, Jennifer. Yeah, so we started looking into this after Uvalde. We wanted to see what was happening. We wanted to really judge the scope of this school shooting problem. You know, it gets a lot of attention, understandably, because kids are supposed to feel safe at school. Parents drop their kids off at school and, you know, now they're terrified. Well, it is justified. However, there is a gun violence epidemic lurking in the shadows. And it's the fact that, you know, the places where kids are supposed to feel the absolute safest, which is home, are the most dangerous. There are three times more children shot at home than at school over the last five years. So that's 866 children shot at home versus, you know, 268 at school. So, you know, we're talking about arming teachers and putting military police in front of schools and hardening schools. But what are we doing about the kids who live with abusers? Yeah, clearly this speaks to the mental health issue underlying a lot of all of this, whether in the home or outside the home. We know that much of this violence stems from a basic mental health epidemic going on in this country right now, and it's leading to all kinds of bad outcomes, including these. And, you know, a child, a home, as we all say, whether a child or adult, it's our sanctuary, it's our safe place, but guess not so much for kids these days. Yeah, when I ran the numbers, I went through each of these incidents, which was just heartbreaking to read about all of this. And in most of the incidents, the people who shot these children were their parents, their Mm. guardians, their grandparents, their step-parents. The people tasked with keeping them safe were the ones who ended their lives. That is something that is very, very hard to swallow. It's hard to swallow in either case, but it begs a question I have to ask. Were much of these, or what percentage of these, were with intent versus negligent or accidental? We did not even include accidental. It was an intentional shooting. There were a couple of occasions where somebody was aiming for a partner and hit a child. A lot of times during custody exchanges, those can get very violent. Someone will fire into a car, aiming at a former partner and hitting their child. But most of them were intentional. And that's very difficult. Yeah. So the data you found and the article you wrote about that led to you titling the article and bringing the essence of the content to us that they're three times more likely to be shot at home. That's all as a result of intentional ugliness. You know, this is this is a parent shooting their child with intent. And sadly, it zoomed up during the pandemic much faster than the rate of All shootings from all causes of children, domestic shootings in particular, just zoomed up. And it's it's one of these sad consequences of, you know, public health laws trying to keep us safe. We were sheltering in place. It had the unintended consequence 
of exposing children to their abusers. And people, you know, had cabin fever. They were stuck with each other. It exacerbated conflicts. And a lot of people also bought guns during that time. So you have guns around, and in times of crisis, somebody will reach for one, and you can't take it back. Right, and sometimes these children just get caught in the crossfire of a domestic event between spouses that, you know, may go wrong. Well, clearly does go wrong, and the children fall victim. They're not even necessarily directly the target, but become in the line of fire and unfortunately pay with their lives when it's between, say, father and mother or whatever it may be, a a domestic issue of some kind. Yes, and those are the most heartbreaking. You know, the kids just happen to be in the living room and they're collateral damage. And then you have, you know, people who are so upset, they actually target their partner's children. And that is, you know, really difficult. It's hard for anyone to put yourself in the mindset of somebody who would hurt a child like that. So you really had both of those things at play. So as you said, when we started to talk about this, we have lots of discussion around and even movement toward improving circumstance relating to shootings outside the home. What, if anything, can or should be done to address the problem of uh, a much bigger problem inside the home? Well, it's very difficult because the states that had the most incidents had the weakest gun laws. So really, under federal law, not every gun sale needs a background check. Right. Many, many states. So it's hard. Red flag laws are something now only 19 states have them. And they really depend on a lot of factors. They depend on people basically snitching on each other. It's not not easy to turn in a family member. Most of us just want to mind our own business and stay out of it. But those laws can save lives, you know, and that's directed at domestic issues, something that goes on in the home. But really, it is one of these things where our mental health, none of us, is stable throughout our lives. We go through different things. That's exactly right. You know, and it's sometimes it's best to, hey, can you hold my gun for me? I think that I might be in a moment of crisis. It really, it depends on the rational thought of the gun owner. And that's really difficult when you don't have laws like other countries. Other countries will submit you to almost a a job interview process to get a gun. You know, that's not something that we do here. And absent that kind of regulation, it really depends on communities. And it really does take a village of people to be vigilant and check in with each other. How are you doing? You know, can I hold your gun for you? You know, and that helps a lot when people also are suicidal as well. Yes, indeed. Do you think it would be fair to say that at the root cause of all this, and maybe this is where we ought to focus the attention, especially when it's in the home, it comes down to these, you know, mental health issues that people are facing these days and always have, frankly, but nonetheless, uh, it comes down to that plus accessibility, you know, way too liberal accessibility to weapons that they can own and possess. Yeah, there's not a lot of Relationship education. I mean, you know, people have a hard time with healthy detachment and attachment. And the detaching part, when guns are around, that can be very dangerous when a family is breaking up. You know, it's heartbreaking. And some people are so despairing that they really think there's no other way but death. And also, you know, very few states penalize adults for leaving guns accessible to children. And in other countries, the authorities come to your house and make sure you have a gun safe. I mean, it really is that level of scrutiny that a lot of Americans might balk at. But, you know, uh, that also helps. You know, having a gun out of reach when these things are going on is very important. But accessibility is, in a lot of states, it's far too easy. Yeah, incredible, incredible story. Have you been able to determine trend at all? Like, for example, in the year 22 versus, say, you know, I'd pick a number five, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, it's gone up between the year I started was 2018. I just took the last five years and ended it the end of 2022. And there was a market difference between 2018 and 2022. It just accelerated. And that acceleration took place during the pandemic. But it hasn't gone down now that we're on the other side of the pandemic and the shelter in place orders. It really hasn't gone down. And one of the reasons is because gun production and gun sales have just zoomed up. And that's something that's happened over Mm. the last 15 years. I mean, we shot up after 2009, just into the stratosphere when it came to uh, gun production and sales. And it hasn't come down. It's up 152% since uh, 2009. So when you have a lot of guns around, this is what happens. Yeah, incredible. Jennifer Massey, a senior news writer at The Trace. We so appreciate you bringing us the information published in your article. Tough as it is to hear, that's for sure. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having me. Okay, great. Headed to a break. Back with more in a minute right here on the Pre-W Smith Show. 